Favorite Christmas present? Ah, never leave home without it. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. All right, all right, thank you, Merry Christmas, bye. Well, I want to welcome everyone out to LifeChurch.tv, all of you at our LifeChurch.tv campuses, uh, all of you at our network churches, and those of you around the globe at Church Online, welcome out. It is great to have you. My name is Sam Roberts. I'm one of the directional leadership team members here at LifeChurch.tv, and it is an honor and a privilege to be able to uh, fill in for our senior pastor, Craig Rochelle, who's on a well-deserved break with his family. And uh, man, it is such an honor to do that. I've been with Craig for 14 years, and I'll tell you, the greatest compliment that I could give Craig and to let you guys know about him is that uh, when I used to sit in those seats some 14 years ago and listen to him speak, I always wondered, is he the same guy offstage as he is on? And he is. He is a wonderful husband and a father. And uh, he's an amazing leader, and it is an honor for us to have him as our senior pastor. So uh, great stuff. Uh, now, I will tell you, he will be back next week. He'll be doing week number three for us of carols. He'll be doing Away in a Manger. And I'm going to tell you right now, I saw this message, and it is, you're going to want to be here. It is like bring your kids, bring your wife, bring everybody, because it is going to be legit. You're going to want to be here, so make sure you're marking that on your calendars. A little something about me. I actually have six children, which probably begs the question, so is that a prerequisite to get up here and speak on this stage to have six kids? I don't know. And I can neither confirm nor deny that, that allegation, but I will say, Craig says I got there the quick way. I have four biological children who are 10, 8, 6, and 4. I have two foster kids that are in our home right now who are three and three months, so you can imagine our house is somewhat busy. Uh, it is a fun place, and I'll tell you something about us. We love Christmas time. Christmas is awesome. Every neighborhood has the Clark Griswold guy who puts up Christmas lights everywhere, right? Well, I'm that guy in my neighborhood. I'm the guy everybody in my neighborhood loves to hate at Christmas time because all the other kids are wondering, Daddy, why don't our lights look like that? And he's like, well, because he did them, and you can just see his. And uh, so I put up, I love Christmas time. I love Christmas music, the whole deal. In fact, it takes me back about 16 years ago. When I was in Dallas, Texas, uh, at a, this Christmas event where this uh, famous author, Max Lucado, was doing this Christmas event where he would do these uh, orations out of Luke chapter 2, which is where the Christmas story is found in Scripture. And, uh, and then this band would come up and play a carol, and uh, a Christmas carol. And after one of his uh, talks, he, he let the band go, and the band was up there playing this Christmas carol and doing an amazing job with it. And this lady, about four or five rows up in front of us, stands up and begins to just worship. And I looked up and I was like, what is she doing? It's a Christmas song. I was like, that's interesting. I've never seen anybody worship to a Christmas song before. And what it made me do was to pause for just a second and look up at the screen and begin to read the lyrics that I've listened to since I was a little boy but had never heard the truth and the power in the lyrics because it just kind of became the song you sing, right? It's Christmas time. And I began to hear it new. And that is our prayer for you. During this series, Carols, is that as we look at these different uh, lo beloved carols throughout time, that you will begin to hear 
something new, a truth that God has placed in the very lyrics of these songs. Today, in week two, we were going to be looking at the carol, O Come All Ye Faithful. Okay, now, it was originally written in Latin and was, it was uh, given the title Adeste Fidelis. It was written by John Francis Wade, who was an 18th century hymnist. And it was translated into English in 1841 by a guy named Frederick Oakley. All right, and uh, that's where we get, O come, all ye faithful. It is, a, it is a carol that has stood the test of time and has just been uh, sung throughout the ages. So I really, really hope that you enjoy now as I perform for you, O come, all ye faithful. <clears throat> Man, none of y'all bit on any of that when you're like, that guy ain't going to sing. It's crazy. And absolutely I'm not because we want you to enjoy your experience here at LifeChurch.tv today. And so we are going to now let our worship team perform for you, O Come, All Ye Faithful.
Absolutely. I'll tell you, I'm glad and I know that you are that we have people who can sing. And they can sing. And that's awesome. Thanks for our worship team for that. Now, that is how you do, O come all ye faithful. Now, maybe you're a little bit like me, and you hear this song, and it's a little bit daunting, actually. That first line kind of gets me sometimes. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. And the reason is because many times, especially during this Christmas season, we can feel anything but faithful and joyful and triumphant. In fact, many times we feel defeated or depressed or doubtful. And, and we can kind of feel like, man, I don't know that I'm the one that's supposed to come, and I don't always feel that way. Maybe it's, maybe it's in the faithful side of things. Maybe it's, you know what, you knew God called you to do something, but once you got here, it's much, much more difficult than you first thought. And it's beginning to have, man, God, did you really call me to this? That this is kind of struggling through that, that faith issue. Or maybe it's just some other faith trial that's just causing uh, you a lot of just trial and just, just questioning. And we can find ourselves becoming a little bit doubtful. Maybe it's in being triumphant, a, a word we don't actually use a whole lot today because many times we feel more defeated, don't we? We, we look on at our, our finances and we're like, I thought I'd be much better than I, in a better position than I am today, and I, I just don't feel triumphant in that. Or maybe it's in your marriage and you're like, I figured that after 20 years I would be at a different place in marriage than we are. How did we get here? And you can feel much more defeated. Maybe it's in the joyful side of things. I don't know if you're like me, but joy can get sucked out of a room really quick. I'm not the, I don't enjoy shopping all that much to begin with, but anybody who goes shopping this time of year, it can be a trial and a tribulation for you. In fact, my, my deal is I get to the end, I'm ready to check out, and I can look on at two different lines, and they have the exact same number of people in them, and I'm like, mm, and every time I pick the wrong one, I don't know if you can relate, but I end up in the line with a person who's writing a check, and you're like, who writes checks anymore? And they start writing a check, and, and, then, and then the coupon lady's in my line, and then I got the person who picked up an item that doesn't have a barcode on it, and they're calling for a price check, and we all know there ain't nobody back in that department bringing no price check up there, and we're sitting there forever. And I'm like, my joy is gone. Maybe you can feel that way sometimes. And, you know, that's a, that's a silly example, but, man, many times there's things that are much more uh, wearisome that can steal and rob us of our joy. And we just find ourselves not feeling joyful. And for me, as I begin to look at this song, I begin to ask this question. I wonder who it is that Jesus calls. And the good news is it's not exactly the faithful, joyful, triumphant. It isn't exactly who he calls at the onset. In fact, I want to take a look today, if you're taking notes, at who it is that Jesus calls. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is that Jesus calls the weary and the burdened. We see this in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are what? Help me out, who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus calls the weary and the burdened. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is that Jesus calls the sinners. In Matthew chapter 9, uh, the Bible says, On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need the doctor, but, but the sick. For I have not come to call the righteous, but whom? But the sinners. You see, it's almost like you could rewrite this song a little bit and have it say, Oh, come, all ye sinners, ye weary and burdened. Come to Bethlehem. But here's the thing. The good news is, Jesus doesn't leave you there. 
He may call you in a state of being weary and burdened or, or realizing that, man, I've tried everything else that I know to try, and it's just not working for me. And you realize, I need Jesus. And when you call on him, the Bible, something beautiful happens. Scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that right there in your notes, you can see that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. And help me out, what does it say? The new is here. And today, for many of you, across all of our campuses. And if those of you at Church Online, you've been invited by somebody. You've got a little CD that somebody handed you or sent you a link to iTunes to take a look at it. And you know what? You have come here today to realize God is wanting you to know that you can become a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. Okay? So Jesus helps us to become this new creation, right? Which begs the question, if he doesn't leave us there, what does he then help us become? If we become this new creation, where does he take us? And that is a great question. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about what it is that Jesus helps us to become. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this, that Jesus helps us to become more faithful. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So our faith comes from the one who authors it. It's Jesus. He gives it to us, and then he goes about the work of perfecting it. How? Glad you asked. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, so faith comes from hearing. But hearing what? Hearing the word about Christ. Hearing God's word. It builds our faith. When we hear God's word, it builds our faith. Don't believe me? Let me give you an example. December the 30th, 2005. That is the day my father passed away from cancer. Bad time. It's bad for anybody. You know, you never a good time to pass away. The holidays, it just really blows when that happens, okay? Because you know, you go through a holiday season where you don't feel faithful, you don't feel joyful. You know, we spent much more time in an ICU unit than we did uh, at a Christmas tree or anything like that. And I do want to acknowledge that there's those of you who are logged on right now at the Wi-Fi in a hospital, and you're sitting uh, right next to a loved one, and you're watching church online. And I just want you to know that, man, God will build your faith. I want to share with you this story. I, was, I can remember being there in that ICU unit and just late one night having a lot of questions entering into my head about wonder why this is happening. What, God, are you wanting to do inside of me and in my family in this time, in this process? Uh, because, man, it's just not fun. And I got an email late one night. And for those of you who maybe, you know what, you're experiencing that right now. You drove to a location from a hospital where there was a loved one, and your faith is challenged. Or maybe you lost someone earlier this year, and you're going through the first Christmas without that person. Or maybe it's not a loss. Maybe it's a, a, the death of a dream or whatever, but your faith is finding itself being very tried. Let me read this scripture for you that comes from Isaiah 43. And feel this. As this is being read, feel your faith be built. Those of you who are having a faith challenge, listen to God's word, Isaiah chapter 43. The Bible says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames, they will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Those of us who have 
believed in Jesus and have that new creation inside of us, when you hear those words, you can feel it. They build your faith. And I remember that night as I read those words that that friend, uh, my friend Scott had sent me in an email during that time of questioning. This was the scripture that he sent me that night. And I can remember it building my faith. And I remember the next morning being woken by a nurse who was bringing in a, a, a meal tray that morning. And I really don't know why because my dad has long past since eaten in that time, but they brought it nonetheless. And at this specific hospital, they always had a little scripture that was folded up and set on the tray. So I woke up, I walked over to it, and I picked up the scripture. And what was it? Isaiah chapter 43. God was trying to say, listen, in the midst of all this pain and hurt, the flames will not set you ablaze. The waters will not sweep over you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. And in that process, as I heard God's word, my faith was built. And Jesus helps us to become more faithful as we are in his word and as it gets inside of us and God's word just permeates our being. Jesus helps us to become more faithful. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is that Jesus helps us to become more joyful. We actually see joy talked about in the scripture as a fruit of the spirit. Uh, in Galatians 5, the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then it is joy. Now, what are we talking about here? Well, it, it, Pastor Craig many times will talk about the fact that we, are, it's like an apple tree producing an apple, right? An apple tree produces an apple because it's an apple tree. It's not having to try to try any harder to produce an apple. It can't just uh, squeeze out an apple. It doesn't work. And the same way for us. Our joy comes from a right relation with God. It's not something that we can produce on our own. In fact, that new creation we talked about, the Bible says that when we receive Christ, God puts his spirit inside of us, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And a fruit of that spirit living in us is love and joy. But please understand that joy and happiness are worlds apart. And I like to say it this way, is that if you're taking notes, write this down, that happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Jesus. Happiness depends on happenings. What's going on with me right now? Do I really like what's going on with me right now? Do I not like what's going on with me right now? And that determines my state of happiness. But joy, that comes from Jesus. That comes from way down deep. That comes from something that is a, not a part of this world. That comes from something that is placed in you by the living God and put inside of your spirit. And out of that overflow, a fruit of the spirit of love and joy comes out. Because happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Jesus. We see this in the Christmas story. In Luke chapter 2, the scripture where the angels have come and are proclaiming to the shepherds who are out watching over their flocks by night, uh, the Christmas story picks up here in Luke chapter 2, and it, the Bible says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause what? Help me out. It's going to cause great joy for all the people. Why? Because today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and to you, and to you. A Savior has been born. And that causes great joy. And Jesus can help us to become more faithful. Jesus helps us to become more joyful. 
And point number three, if you're taking notes, and you see where this is going, Jesus helps us to become more triumphant. Now, to feel more triumphant, sometimes we have to have another person in our life, someone else who can kind of help us to feel that way, don't we? Because many times we can feel, like we talked about earlier, a lot more defeated. In fact, I can remember a time that this was true for me. I went to a movie with my older brother, <clears throat> Brian, and this was been a while back. I was in high school. He was in college. He was a college football player. I was not. I was a college basketball player. But back then, uh, man, I was really thin. You think I'm thin now? It was like really bad. He used to run around. He used to call me. All his friends, they all called me a pirate. And I was never really understood all that. So I asked him one day, why are you calling me a pirate all the time? He goes, because you're running around looking for your sunken chest. And that's just wrong. All you little brothers in the house, everybody in there, everybody on church, all you little brothers are feeling my pain right now. You know what I'm talking about. And so, but he was a big guy. He was about 6'7", about, went in about 260, and he was ripped. He was thick. And so we go to this movie theater to go see this uh, actor who doesn't do a lot of movies now today, but back in the day he used to do all these martial arts films. It was Steven Seagal. And we went in there because it was just like going to, mm, you know, you just, guys just love that kind of stuff. So we go together. We get in there. Well, we get there a little bit late. And uh, we have to do the, the, we found some seats in the center. We had to do the scoochie slide, I like to call it, kind of like this, you know, to try to get where. Well, that all works good for a thin little frame like mine, but you start getting my brother trying to come through there, and that creates all sorts of problems because he's got legs that look like tree trunks, and he's trying to scoot by, and there's human ma'am, and, you know, he's moving through. And, and this is back when they had those seats that rocked a little bit in the theater. Y'all remember that? And, and his thighs bumped the seat of the guy in front of us, and it made the chair kind of rock a little bit. Well, this old boy, he's sitting like this, and this is what he does to us. He goes like this. He's sitting there, he goes. <laughs> it was this awkward. It was just kept going this long, and I'm just, I'm sitting there like, whoa, this guy, he must have just watched a fight scene or something, because he's... <laughs> He wants some, and I don't want to give him any. And, and, and I got a Coke, and if he turns around, I'm going to throw my Coke in my hand, and I'm going to look for the exits, and I'm out of here. I'm busting out, because if I get into a fight, I'm going to get snapped like a twig. So I'm trying to figure out where, I'm, where the closest exits are and all that. Well, my brother goes to sit down, and he looks up, and he sees the guy. He's kind of like, oh, whatever. He doesn't pay no attention. He hands me, hands me my popcorn. He looks back, and, I mean, it's going on for an inordinate amount of time. This guy just sitting there staring at us. And I'm like, oh, no. Well, my brother looks at him. Finally, my brother gets up about this far from his face. He just says, you got a problem? And the whole theater was like, whoa, because it was loud. And that guy, that guy about wet made a puddle on the floor in front of him because he didn't know what he had bitten off. And I'm like, yeah, you got a problem? What? You want some? You want a little of this? What on earth happened? I went from cowering in my chair, looking for exits, throwing cokes on people, to you want a little of this? What happened? I realized that there was a 260-pound, 7-foot-6 football player that got my back. That's what happened. Here's the thing. Many times we don't realize who it is that has our back because it is the living God. Who has our back? We read a prophecy written about Jesus hundreds of years before his birth. It came out of the text in Isaiah chapter 9, where the scripture reads, For to us a child is born, 
To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. For that time on and forever. That's pretty triumphant right there. And that scripture is prophesying about a, a young baby who is, as we see today, born in this manger scene. And we, we, we look on and we see these porcelain figures in this, this pristine little environment. And we see Mary and Joseph and this little angelic being and this precious little baby there, right? But please understand this, that that little baby, as he lies there in that manger, he is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author of life. He's the prince of peace. He's the author of our faith, the perfecter of it. He is the one who spoke everything into existence. He is the bread of life. He is the, our salvation. He's the lifter of our head. And as the song says, he is born. He's born the king of angels. And we come to adore him, for he is Christ the Lord. That's pretty triumphant. We have to understand who it is that fights with us. And our prayer is that as, as you hear this truth that has been ringing throughout the ages in the lyrics of this song, it's, O come, all ye faithful. Why? Not because we are, but because he is. So, oh, come, all you faithful, you joyful and triumphant. Come to Bethlehem and come and see, born the king of angels. Come, let us adore him. Come and let us adore him, for he is Christ the Lord. At all of our locations, let's all pray together. Father, we just thank you that you sent your son as Emmanuel, God with us. And God, we just celebrate that during this Christmas season, that you are so good that you sent him here for us. Today as you're praying, maybe as you've listened, uh, you've thought, you know what? Man, I could definitely use some help in the joy department or in helping my faith be built up a little bit or maybe becoming to understand who it is that's with me and feel a little bit more triumphant about my circumstance. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, that's me at all of our locations. Those of you at Church Online, if you just lift up your hand. Church Online, just click right below me. Yeah, all of you across the room who are saying, yeah, that's me. And let me just pray for you. Father, I just want to, uh, man, pray for those of us who are feeling a little bit of a faith struggle. Right now, I pray that uh, you would send the right scripture at the right time to build our faith, to help us to become more faithful. I pray for those of us who are lacking a little bit of joy right now, and I pray that you would help us to know that our joy is found in you and that you would remind us that's in your presence that true joy is found. And Father, I pray for those of us who are not feeling as triumphant as we need to, and we don't know and remember who it is that is with us. I pray that you would impress upon us this Christmas season the majestic nature of who you are, the power of your presence, 
and that we would understand who it is that is with us. Continuing today in an attitude of prayer. There are those of you who would say, you know what, man, I don't, I don't know that I really feel much faith or joy or, or triumph at all. And let me tell you why. The reason is because you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We talked about it earlier. Jesus calls the weary and the burden. And maybe you feel that a little bit today. Maybe you've been on a journey and you've tried a few things and it just ain't working for you. Let me tell you what does work. What does work is Jesus. When Jesus comes in, he, he's, God sent him as a babe in a manger, as Emmanuel, God with us, to die on a cross one day. Why? Because the Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of God's standard. That separates us from God. That's what that means. But we are reconciled or brought back to God by the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. Not because we've done anything good, because we haven't. It's because of his goodness and his love for us that he sent his son to die in our place on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And that is what works. And when you say, yes, Jesus, come in and take over, what happens? You become a new creation where the old is gone. All of that stuff that didn't work, all of that stuff that you've been trying, it doesn't work. But what does work is Jesus. And he brings a new creation, which that spirit lives inside of you and helps to bring love and joy and peace and patience, things that we can't obtain on our own but we can obtain through a right relationship with God. And today there are those of you whom God has brought here to hear that truth. And you will respond today and receive the greatest Christmas present that you could ever receive right here today. And that is new life in Jesus Christ. At all of our locations, those of you who say, you know what, that is me, that is why I'm here, lift up your hands boldly right now. Say, yes, Jesus, uh, meet me eye to eye. Those of you who say, man, that's me, Jesus, come in, take over, be my Lord, be my Savior. Lift up your hands right now and say, yes, Jesus, take over. Help me to be a new creation, to find joy in you. Yes, back over here to my right, welcome into God's family. Others of you who would say, you know what, that is me. Say, yes, Jesus, come in, take over. Those of you at church online, just click right below me right now. Say, yes, Jesus, a new creation is what I look to be. Those of you who would say, that's me, just lift your hands boldly now. Let's join with those who are making this decision today. Let's all join our voices together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Help me to live for you. Help me to become a new creation and to be more faithful, to be more joyful, and to be triumphant. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.